Welcome to the James River Church Podcast. You're about to hear another inspirational message from Pastor John Lindell, lead pastor at James River Church. It's our prayer that this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. Tonight, I want to take just a few moments and talk to you about preparing for a miracle. You know, sometimes people have the idea that if God's going to do it, he's going to do it. And if he's not, he's not. As if somehow our response to God or even our preparation for the working of his power in our lives is not as important or maybe is not that important at all. And it's certainly true that there are times God sovereignly for his will and good pleasure does things that surprise us, maybe even things we did not ask. But as a general rule, we, as we approach the Lord, our attitude, our words, our actions result or determine in some sense what happens to us. We know that's true in giving in Luke chapter 6 and verse 38, give and you'll receive your gift to return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together, make room for more running uh, over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. In a very real sense, you and I have a lot to to do with what God does in our finances. It's true of prayer. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. You don't ask, you don't receive. You don't don't seek and you're not going to find. If you don't knock, it's not going to be open to you. What you and I do has a lot to do with, with really positioning us so that you and I can receive that which God would love to do in our life. Been thinking about Isaiah chapter 54. It's an interesting chapter in prophecy, and it talks about getting ready to receive from God. I want to give you just three uh, steps that are important as we think about getting ready to receive from God. Number one, rejoice in the Lord. Look at it. Isaiah 54 verse one. Sing, O barren woman, you who never bore a child, burst into song, shout for joy, you who were never in labor, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband, says the Lord. So you've got two women, one has children, and the other has no children. And the fact of the matter is there are physical reasons why she has no children. It's because she doesn't have a husband, she is a widow. We know that because later we read this, you will forget the shame of your youth and remember no more the reproach of your widowhood, for your maker is your husband. So what happens is there are times all of us face circumstances in our life that look absolutely impossible. In fact, there are some here tonight and and. For you, it it may be in the realm of conception. I really felt as I was reading this, God's going to work a miracle for you. But what he does or doesn't do depends on your willingness to, in faith, partner with him. There are some tonight, and for you, the, the barrenness is in the area of your finances. Maybe it's in the area of your marriage. 
Possibly it's a barrenness relative to loved ones who need to come to Christ. And, and you're like, it, it is not happening. There's no sign of it happening. It could be in an area of your health. You prayed and you prayed and there are some truth be told. And I'm not saying this to be critical. I'm just saying it is where you're at and you're saying, you know what? I've come forward and I've not received. And now the fact is you, you honestly feel like you're not going to ever be healed. You won't say it, but you've concluded it. You're like, you know, I've, I've come forward. I've done what, and, and there's never a word that's that of knowledge for my situation, and it, it just doesn't happen. And so in some sense, you've concluded because it hasn't happened, it's not going to happen. And whatever you're facing, whatever the circumstances, Isaiah 54 and verse 1, look at it. Sing, O barren woman, you who never bore a child, burst into song, shout for joy. In other words, celebrate, have, have a joyful attitude, and do it with great enthusiasm. In other words, Whatever it is that hasn't happened in your life, what are they shouting for joy? They're shouting for joy. This barren woman is to shout because she's going to have more children than the woman who has children. In other words, the shout isn't just a general praise to the Lord, though he would be worthy of that. The shout is in that area of lack or barrenness and all of a sudden faith is risen in your heart and you say I believe God's going to do it and now the way you talk the way you live and the way you positioned your heart is one of joyous celebration to say God's going to do something miraculous in my situation we we get the power of praise if we look at We've looked at it a number of times, Joshua chapter 6. So it's a shout of praise and the walls come down. The, the shout of praise comes before the walls come down, not after. In your situation, what, what Scripture is counseling us to do is to say, listen, adopt a joyful attitude rather than I don't know why the Lord hasn't. It's not been my turn. It, I, I'm not getting, I'm not receiving from God like everybody else is. Rather than saying that, celebrate the fact that your miracle in whatever area you need it is on the way. To say, I, I am so excited about what God is going to do in my situation. I just want to praise him for it. And shout the shout of praise. That may not make sense, humanly speaking, from our perspective, but it makes total sense from God's perspective. There's a second thing I want you to notice. Readiness for his blessing. Look at it in verse 2. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. So what he's saying is he's saying, listen, you need to have, you need to have a bigger space to live. Let's, let's put it in the terms of conception. If, if you're living in a one-bedroom apartment, get a two-bedroom apartment. Get the baby's room ready. I know as I say that, some of you are saying, 
What are you doing to people? You are setting them up. I'm setting them up to have a baby. In other words, what it is, is it just simply a conviction that God has heard you and God's going to do it. And so you get ready for what he's going to do. I know I was thinking as I was, as I was thinking about this, I was thinking when David, when we were expecting David um, at the time, I mean, there was nothing out here then. This was a two-lane road, uh, 65 highway, and I think from Evans Road on, it was just two-lane. And we lived over off South Fremont, over uh, near Fremont Hills, uh, we rented a duplex, Debbie and I did, and we were getting the room ready and had it all ready before he was ever there. Why? Because we were excited about having a baby. You know, when God is going to do something in our life, we have to get ready for it. You know, there are some, and you want God to do a work of revival in your heart. You want God to draw you closer, and that is a wonderful desire to have. My question for you is, what are you doing to get ready for that? Because honestly, a lot of people are just frankly too busy for personal revival. Because you're gonna have, in order for that to, to be sustained in your life or actually to develop in your life, it's gonna take additional time with God. I can promise you it is certainly worth it. But if you're expecting God to bless you financially, then, then start living with those principles in mind. If you're, if you're expecting your marriage to get better, start living like it is better. I mean, the idea is do what you can do to get ready for what you're asking God to do. Anticipate that he's going to answer the prayer. You know, one of the things that's really interesting is just when I read the testimonies, is just the number of testimonies that have the idea I went to church because I knew if I could get to church, I would be healed. That, that's pure anticipation. That's not like, you know, I went to church hoping maybe I'd get healed. It was, no, I went to church because I knew if we got there, parents bringing kids saying, we knew that if we just got on the parking lot, one, one family said, if we knew if we just could get to the parking lot, he'd be healed. And their son had a cast on his arm and was healed. His, his arm quit hurting as soon as they got on the parking lot. I mean, there's something about that anticipation and making room for what God wants to do. Do everything you can to prepare for God's blessing. I heard the story of Jack Coe. He was a healing evangelist in the 50s, and five people had made an appointment to come see him. They were in wheelchairs for him to pray for them to be healed. And, and so uh, the day came, and it's time for the appointment. They were there in a room. He walked into the room, and he noticed as he looked at them that none of them had shoes. And he said, go home and get some shoes. Come back tomorrow, and we'll pray for you. I mean, you, you got to get ready for the miracle. You got to make room for the miracle. So they came back the next day, prayed for him, and all of them walked. There's something about the anticipation of doing what we can do. Do you follow me? I was reading the story this afternoon of Smith Wigglesworth. He's having dinner, dinner with a, an Anglican vicar who had no legs below his knees. Wigglesworth didn't pray for the man, but said to him suddenly, in the morning, go buy a new pair of shoes. The vicar initially thought it was some kind of cruel joke, 
However, when he laid down that night, the Lord said to him, do as my servant has said. So the next morning, he got up early, went downtown, stood waiting for the store to open. When the clerk opened the store, the pastor asked for a pair of shoes. The clerk looked at the vicar, saw his prothesis, and said, I'm sorry, we can't help you. The vicar said, it's all right, young man, but I do want a pair of shoes, size eight, black in color. The clerk went to get the shoes, handed them to the vicar. The vicar sat down, put one stump into the shoe, and instantly a leg and foot formed. Then the same thing happened with the other leg. He walked out of the shop with new shoes and new legs. <laughs> Sometimes you have to get ready for your miracle. And I realize as I read that, hey, I mean, I'm just reading you the story. I mean, so this is, that's Smith Wigglesworth. And God used him. I mean, he raised the dead. There's all kinds of incredible stories that really build your faith. But you've got to get ready. For some of you, it means changing uh, your identity because your identity is your circumstance. So the way you, you just simply talk about your circumstance, your you know, whether it's your illness, whether it's your, your financial situation, whether it's your job situation, it's become your identity. And if God's going to do something new, you're going to have a new identity. So you might as well start adopting it now, right? Third, rest in his promise. Because when we talk about step one and two, when I, when I talk about getting ready, you know, when I talk about, hey, you're a couple that wants to conceive, decorate the baby's room. Some of you are thinking, if I do that, I'm going to look really stupid. What if it doesn't work? I mean, what you have to do is you have to rest in the promise of God. Let God quicken your heart and rest in, in what he speaks to your heart. I mean, look at it in Isaiah 54 and verse 4. Do not be afraid. You'll not suffer shame. I mean, here he is. He's telling the childless woman, listen, you're going to have more kids than the lady who has kids. And so what you need to do is you need to start shouting like you already have the children. Not like you're shouting at them, but you're shouting in praise <laughs> to the Lord. Okay. <laughs> and you need to get a bigger tent. The place you're living in is too small because God's going to give you a lot of kids, so you're going to have to widen things out. And you say, well, I don't understand how that's going to happen. I mean, I'm a widow, and I don't have a husband, and God says, listen, forget about the widowhood thing, and I'm going to be your husband. God says, I'm going to do for you and in your life, what you can't imagine, he's going to give her a husband. He's going to provide. In this analogy, Israel's the wife and he's the husband. And so there's a spiritual analogy, but you can, we can very quickly apply it to the natural as well. And he says, listen, don't be afraid. You're not going to suffer shame. I mean, this is the same Isaiah who says, those who hope in the Lord will not be disappointed. Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. I mean, at some point, honestly, you have, to, you have to decide, 
the Lord quickens something to your heart. Are you going to buy it or not? Are you going to take it or not? Are you going to live it or not? Are you going to really shout? How, if, if, you're, if you're afraid you're going to be humiliated, it's going to be really hard for you to shout for joy. Truly, it'll be a hollow shout. But if you really believe God's going to do it, then the shout comes out, and it's, it's very, very real. If you really believe God's going to do it, then you're getting ready because you're like, hey, i got to get ready because he's going to be sending an answer to my prayer. Don't be afraid. You'll not be suffer shame. Do not fear disgrace. You'll not be humiliated. You'll forget the shame of your youth and remember no more the reproach of your widowhood. For your maker is your husband. The Lord Almighty is his name. The Holy One of Israel is your redeemer. He is called the God of all the earth. I mean, so who are we? Where's our confidence at? Our confidence is in the God of all the earth. It's, it's in the Lord Almighty. It's, it's in the, the God of angel armies. It's in the God for whom nothing is too difficult. He's the one who's going to do it. And you've got to just rest in that. You got to rest in that. And then there's, I love the way the chapter ends. It ends with this great promise. No weapon forged against you will prevail. And you will refute every tongue that accuses you. So what's the tongue that accuses you? Uh, I would suggest to you that it is the enemy of our soul. The one who comes and says, did God really say are you really sure? Are you not afraid of how you're going to look? Who's saying that to you? It's the enemy of our souls. Listen, you will refute him. You can say, I'm believing God. I'm trusting God. And when I trust God, I'm not going to be disappointed. He's going to bring it about. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. It's an inheritance that you and I have, that you and I can know that, that the enemy can't stop God's work in our life, that you and I have the authority to say, no, you're not going to say that. It's not true. Rebuke him. Resist the devil. He'll flee from you. And this is their vindication from me, declares the Lord. I'm, I'm going to vindicate you. And that's what God is saying. Listen, when you trust in me, I'm going to vindicate you. I'm going to show people, they trust in me, I answered. They trust in me, and I took care of them, right? So all I'm saying is there's a lot of, a lot of us, and everybody has areas where you need breakthrough in your life. Everybody does. So... Don't ever get the idea that for any one person, it's 100% victory all the time, okay? That would discourage you because you'd say, well, hey, why do they, they don't even know what it's like. Everybody knows what it's like in certain areas. And so this message applies to everybody because in the areas where there is less than God would desire or something that we need, or we need a breakthrough, we need loved ones to come to know Christ, or we need... We need loved ones to be healed, or we need, we need uh, provision, or whatever it is, or marital reconciliation, or, or sons or daughters that are away from God, or, or broken relationships there, or at work, you need favor, and you, and you don't feel you have it. I mean, you're following me? There's all kinds of areas we can name. And God is just simply saying that we have a part to play in getting ready for his miraculous provision in our life. And tonight, God wants to do something, I believe, he wants to get people ready for what he's going to do. 
Some of you need a personal revival in your life. You really do. And you desire it. You can feel the presence of the Lord here. But honestly, the, the fact of the matter is your life is so busy that you don't even have time for God. And no touch from God's going to fix that. If you want God to really draw close to you, you're going to have to look at your schedule and say, where am I going to make room for God so he can move in me and change me and I can spend time with Because that's what it takes. It takes spending time with the Lord to see uh, some things happen in your life from him. So right now, as we get ready to close, I'm just going to, what I'm going to challenge you to do, we're going to open the altars here in a moment, whatever you need from the Lord. Some of you, we're going to shout at the end. So at the end, we are going to shout. But we're not going to start shouting because I think there are some people who need to think about what they need to do in terms of getting ready for what God's going to do. And maybe it's as simple as saying, God, show me how to get ready. What is it you want me to do? I also think there are some who need to rest in what God's going to do. And to that couple that is not conceived, God is at work tonight. I really believe God's going to do something for you and that a year from now, I'll be holding your baby in the hallway. I'll be celebrating with you. And don't tell me what hasn't worked and don't tell me, don't give me the litany of your health history and why it hasn't happened because you need to, you need to get a new identity. Your identity needs to change. And so you need to give that all a rest and you need to say, okay, God, help me to have this new identity that I need to get ready for what you're going to do because I'm going to be a mom or I'm going to be a dad, whatever it is. And you need to get that identity and set in your heart, in your mind, in the presence of the Lord. Are you with me?